Hey friends, welcome to Pointing Toward Hope. I'm Wendy Bertinoli, and I'm so happy you found the podcast. Each week we have conversations about overcoming trials and adversity through faith, hope, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because with God, all things are possible. We keep it real by sharing personal stories from myself and others who have overcome the various trials of life. Speaking of, if you or someone you know has a story to share that would help and uplift and support others through their trials, please contact me at pointingtowardhope.com or on Instagram at Wendy Bertinoli. I would love to share how you have found peace, hope, and joy through faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through the sharing of our trials that we can become stronger and more equipped to fight the battles on this side of heaven. With all that said, let's get started. Evan A. Schmutz said, If I may speak to you individually, I may suggest that your personal struggles, your individual sorrows, pains, tribulations, and infirmities of every kind are all known to our Father in heaven and to His Son. Take courage, have faith, and believe in the promises of God. The reason I originally started this blog, Pointing Toward Hope, was twofold. First, it was a way for me to document my journey through the trials of being diagnosed bipolar. But second, and even more important to me, was that I would be able to help someone else who might be going through similar situations, which ironically, I have helped several people. But I felt if I could just help one person, it would be so worth it. Then what I have realized along the way is that we all take our turns on the struggle bus. It doesn't matter that my particular burden is not the same as yours. We can all help one another to become better, stronger, and most importantly, find hope. So that is what I want to talk to you about today. Hope. But first, I want to share a scripture that we'll talk about a little bit later, but it is one of my very favorites. It comes from Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, 88. And whoso receiveth you, there will I be also. For I will go before your face, I will be on your right hand and on your left, and my spirit shall be in your hearts, and mine angels round about you to bear you up. I love that scripture so much and it comes to mind at so many times in my life. I know, I believe with my whole heart that the Lord is always with us and that there are angels around about us to bear us up. When I was a young mother, I had just had my fourth child. There were some complications during the birthing process and so my precious tiny little newborn boy was rushed to Primary Children's Medical Center in Salt Lake City. For most of the 12 days that he spent in NICU, we wondered if he would be coming home at all. It was particularly heart-wrenching to see that tiny little boy lay lifeless in the incubator except for the machine that was helping him breathe. He was my most active baby in the womb. I never had to wonder if he was okay. He was always moving. But when he was born, he was a little over seven pounds, which was bigger than most of the babies in the NICU. 
and he would continue to pull the apparatus off his body. And so they had to give him a paralysis drug to keep him from pulling off all of the tubes. And that was especially difficult to see him lying so still and so lifeless when he had been so active before. I just remember feeling so overwhelmed with heartache, pain, and anguish, and I blamed myself for something that maybe I did during pregnancy. Of course, I had wished so hard for this baby to be born early. I mean, all three of my other children had been born right around the time that they were due, but I had to be induced. And so my wish was that he would come a few weeks early and that he would come on his own, that I wouldn't have to be induced. And sure enough, two weeks early, but at what cost? What had I done? It was a terrifying experience that many couples experience when their child is born with medical issues. Luckily for us, his stay was pretty brief and we were able to bring him home with just a feeding tube, which he was able to go without within just a few days of being home. It wasn't long after that experience that I started to have some serious postpartum depression, which eventually moved into full-blown manic depression. I had four young kids, all under the age of six. Yes, you heard that right, four under the age of six. I knew that I needed help. I just wasn't sure how to find it. And so it went on for several months. I'd had postpartum depression with each of my kids, but it had subsided eventually, and I'd been able to move forward with my life. But this time, with the combination of having complications and then three other very young children, it just became super overwhelming. I remember one day getting breakfast for my oldest before he would go off to kindergarten. I grabbed a box of Cheerios out of the cupboard and it slipped out of my hands and scattered across the floor, Cheerios everywhere. I was in such a state of hopelessness and despair that it was like the last straw. I just sat in the middle of the floor and started sobbing. I was screaming at the Lord in my head, why? Why is this happening? Why aren't you helping me? How do I go forward when everything just seems so out of control? Can you relate? Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, but it really was probably only a few minutes or seconds, my four-year-old daughter came into the kitchen. She looked at the mess and then she put her hand on my shoulder. She climbed into my lap and put her arms around me and said, it's okay, mommy. And at that moment, I felt the Lord's arms encircling me in His love. In a few minutes, my daughter got up and she started picking up Cheerios one by one. <laughs> that was going to take a while. <laughs> Eventually, I was able to get up and clean up the mess, get breakfast, and take my son to school, which was another major chore with three other littles that couldn't be left alone. So I would have to pack up car seats and buckle them all in and just everything that goes along with that. But it was the tender mercies like that little sliver of light that came from a four-year-old that kept me going. It was around that time period that I realized that I did have a choice. For so long, I had believed that this was something that I just had to endure. 
I hadn't been clinically diagnosed at that point, but I was familiar enough with postpartum and I believed that was what I was dealing with. I remember the thought coming to me as clear as a bell one day as I was feeling hopeless and lost. You do have a choice, you know. I thought about it again. I do have a choice. I can sit here and live with this horrible feeling of despair and hopelessness, or I could get up and do something about it. I don't know where the strength came from that day. Maybe it was the angels surrounding me, bearing me up. But I do know that I realized without a shadow of a doubt in that moment, I did have a choice. And despite what you may think about your own struggles and trials, you also have a choice. I am privileged to be in many Facebook groups and I follow a number of people online that are such an inspiration to me. We didn't have those back in my day when I was raising my children. Sometimes it felt so lonely and I know that it can feel lonely today as well, but it's such a great tool that we have to be able to join these groups that are full of inspiration and people who want to help. Anyway, one woman that I follow has gone through her own struggle these past several years as she lost her husband due to mental illness. I have loved seeing how courageously she has faced this gigantic burden head on. She has since written a book about her experience and speaks on many podcasts and events. She talked about choice in one of her recent posts and it went along so well with what I've been thinking about that I want to share it with you. Her name is Kayla Steck and I'll be sure and post her Instagram handle in the show notes. She also has a book, I think it's called Fear Gone Wild. I haven't read it yet, but plan to. And if it's anything like her page, I'm sure it's complete inspiration. This is what she said in a recent post, and I want you to insert whatever it is that is your particular struggle where she writes the word death. Here's the quote. Death, insert your struggle, sometimes stills our entire life. But when we hang on, when we push through, when we fight to rebuild again and again and again, we are choosing to take back our life. So I want to read that one more time. And I'm going to just insert my challenge just so you can see. Bipolar sometimes stills our entire life. But when we hang on, when we push through, when we fight to rebuild again and again and again, we are choosing to take back our life. I love that because it reminded me of that time that I realized I do have a choice. I don't have to live like this. I can and I will take back my life. That day was the day that I picked up the phone and made my first appointment with a therapist. I pretty much counted down the days until I was able to go. I was so in need of encouragement and strength. I felt like my life was hanging in the balance. I remember waiting in the lobby to be seen and having all kinds of unfamiliar feelings. Was it going to be good? What would they say? 
how long would it take, and all the things. She called me back and we talked about what I'd been going through and I felt strangely comforted to just be able to unload all the pressures and worries and stress that I'd been experiencing to a total stranger who didn't have any previous knowledge about my life. There was something really comforting about that. No preconceived thoughts. Her only job was to figure out where I would go next. If you have never been to therapy, I can't recommend it enough. It's so worth every penny. I remember her looking me straight in the eyes and saying, well, my dear, she called me dear, which I so loved. If you ask me, you have two choices. The first one is that you can do nothing. That, by the way, is a choice. You can do nothing and live with the struggles and challenges and stresses that you're already well aware of, or choice two, you can take your life back. There are medications that are designed to help you with what you are going through. At that point, I never knew that was an option. I just figured we'd just talk about it and be done with it, which actually works really great for many, many people. But when she described it like that to me, I knew that in order to continue to survive, I needed help as quickly and as easily as possible. And that's when I had my first experience with antidepressants, which worked out great for a very long time. It definitely helped to lift that cloud of despair and hopelessness so that I could continue to work on becoming better and stronger and get well. So to be clear, I'm not pushing medication at all. It was just what I needed at the time to be able to function and work through everything. But even more importantly than medication and what had started the ball moving for me was screaming at God on the kitchen floor that day. It's interesting because God is not the typical caregiver. We read in Psalm 147.3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. That is his objective, to heal us, to bind up our wounds, to help us find peace amidst the struggle, to find light in the deepest recesses of darkness. I know right now, this time in our lives, we are all so exhausted. We, I mean, I know I am, we are over it. Being stuck at home, kept away from others physically, struggling with work and businesses and children and homeschool, just trying to survive. Having world unrest and calamities come from every angle, it seems. But here is a thought for you. What if you just tried on making a choice to find hope in the hopeless for size? You just try it on for size. What if you just tried on happy for size? What if you just tried on seeing the little sliver of light for size? If you don't like it, you can always take it back off. I guess what I'm really trying to say here is that courage is a choice. Courage 
to try those things is a choice. I love my Jesus. He always comes through for me. When I was struggling with my littles, when I went through depression time and time again, when I went through my divorce, and even when I walked away from him for a while, he never, ever abandoned me. One of my other favorite scriptures that the Lord put on my heart today is Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We have a picture frame of that quote in our bathroom, so I get to look at it and be reminded multiple times a day. But this morning, as I was studying, I came upon this scripture, and it definitely spoke to me as I was thinking about hope and how to help you who may be feeling hopelessness in the moment. And it is found in Alma 22:16 of the Book of Mormon. Listen closely because I believe there are four steps to finding that hope that are revealed in the scripture. If thou desirest this thing, if thou wilt bow down before God, yea, if thou wilt repent of all thy sins and wilt bow down before God and call on his name in faith, believing that ye shall receive, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. Isn't that so beautiful? So this is the way that I interpreted that scripture today. This is the way that it spoke to me. Basically, there are four steps to get the hope that you desire. One, you have to want to find it. Remember, if you desirest this thing. Number two, bow down before God. Do it in your closet, on your kitchen floor, in your attic. Wherever it is that you go to cry unto Jesus, for me, it's my closet. I go in and shut the door, and that's where I can be alone and plead or cry unto the Lord. And incidentally, I did look up the definition of bow, bow down before God. It said to change in character or form change of attitude, emotion, or viewpoint. So maybe bow could mean try on something different for size. Number three, call upon his name. Cry, kick, scream, whatever it takes. As I said before, he's not the typical caregiver. He's not going to scold us for our little tantrum. He's just going to love us harder. And finally, four, Believe. Just believe that he can take away your pain. Then, as the scripture says, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. I would love to leave it right there, but I have one final thought that I think is really important to note. And this comes from another quote that I read. It goes like this. It's okay to not be okay. It is. Maybe that is the season that you are in right now. Don't let the world add more pressure if you're already overwhelmed. It's okay 
if all you can do this week is survive. In fact, that's the most important thing. And that is a quote from Bouncing Forward. Remember my friends, you are loved, you are enough, you can do this. Fight on my warrior friends. I love you so much. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you did enjoy it, share it with a friend and be sure to tag me. I would love to give you a shout out. If you wouldn't mind taking just a few seconds to jump over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be so great. And I just appreciate your support so much. And while you're there, be sure to click on subscribe. Subscribing is the best way to be sure you never miss an episode. By the way, this is, we're almost to the end of season one. Believe it or not, one more episode and then I will be taking a month off for the holidays. So be sure to tune in next week. Have a great week, my friends, and I will see you all again next week.